How's it going, Lee? It's good to see you at the crossroads. Oh, oh. <laughs> Hola, senor. The lights went on and I changed. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah. Any, anywho, uh, Jonathan Hyatt was saying that, uh, yeah, that, that that's the new, that's the new MO of the left. That they have to, it's a call out culture. They have to call you out on the things you say, the things that you subscribe to, even though they might seem innocent or they might seem um, benign. So they have to call you out because it's like a badge of honor to call out like professor or call out a racist online or a transphobe, uh, xenophobe, xenophobe sexist, whatever, whatever. Bigot. Whatever, list, yeah. whatever ism that that's that's how they feel good about themselves and they can show other other compatriots like oh look you're just like me because you've battled it out and you corrected somebody because of their their uh prejudice or whatever it's it's uh i don't know it's a lot of mental gymnastics to be honest like how can you get anything done if it's like like we're saying, like your your handle on Twitter, you know, that's what you're gonna go by. And if people don't respect it, then I'm gonna block them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that Twitter handle is supposed to tell us everything about this person. You're supposed to be or or attempt to, right? Like it's their attempt to tell broadcast to everybody, like this is who I am. And at that point, you basically p- pigeonhole yourself into this box. Mm-hmm and self-labeled yourself when you know we want to get rid of labels now or we don't but yeah what, okay where yeah like where do we stand on that now are we getting rid of labels or it doesn't seem like it we're just adding to them we're just saying these labels are bad here are our uh brand names but here are our um uh, off labels what do they call them like kirkland versus you know, a store, a store brand, store brand, or or what's the other one? Bargain brand. Yeah. You know, it's basically what that's what's being uh-huh. replaced by these. That's that's confusing. Things. I was thinking about um, when you were talking about what were we talking about? That's a good question. So you were talking about the whole call out, you know, kind of putting people on notice. Mm-hmm. This like virtual signaling, signaling, uh, signaling. Sig, sig. How do you say that word? Signaling, sig, signaling, <laughs> sing along, signaling, 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 singling, 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 singles link, singlings. <laughs> okay, we're gonna get lost in it. Point <laughs> <laughs> is right that they're doing this public broadcast. If we tie in, if we bring in the conversation we had with Lee, um, Pastor Eliseo Quintero, with not you, Lee, sorry, with Pastor Eliseo Quintero and yourself, you were there too, that's true. When we were talking about, when he was mentioning, um, how is it called, corporal punishment? Not corporal punishment, but when you bring forth um, someone who has sinned and you bring them, um, you know, the one or two, um, individuals if he doesn't 
repent, then you you bring them to the larger congregation, and then you basically have like a hearing about what oh, what it is and like a corporal corporate corp- proceedings, or something corporate. like that, right? Yeah. It's church punishment within the church. Yeah, yeah, it's within the church. Church discipline. Church discipline. There you go. Thank you so much. That's why. Anyway, so we're at the crossroads. That's why we're at the crossroads because we don't know what direction we're going to go in right now. We can go left or we can go right or we can go straight. Oh, we can just go right back. So you know, I think it's it's important to bring that into the discussion because it it's 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 basically what they're doing is taking that same concept, perverting it or or washing it, watering it down to fit their own agenda or the agenda of the of of this new ideology this um this new progressive ideology and say that we need to basically say this person has sinned against our beliefs and our values so let's show everyone who this person is so that everyone around us or around them knows that they are a conservative christian trump supporter there's no difference they're all trump supporters they're all Trump supporters. They're all deplorables. Um, not all Trump supporters are Trump. Trump supporters are racist, but all races are Trump supporters. You know those yeah. sort of things that are being said, and it's 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 basically that same thing. It's the church church discipline that's being played out on a larger societal scale, but without the the source of goodness that is God, and that's why you see what we see. So it's interesting because everything, obviously, right? It, it, there's, I think, when yesterday's yesterday's discussion and all discussions that we have, majority of them, it's Satan's design, design, but also motive is to um, parallel God, but in in Satan's own image, basically. Yeah, like that watered down. It's the store brand versus name brand again. I think that's really what it comes down to. So it's just interesting when you were saying that, it's like, okay, well, here is a a public forum where everyone can be, where anyone can be shamed at one, at any point because they have the wrong think. It's because they're wearing a red hat. They're wearing wearing a red hat, you know, those those, those dyers. No, that brings to that brings to mind. Um, I don't know who coined the term, but have you heard of the regressive left? Yeah, regressive. Yeah, they're using that instead of the calling them the progressive left, which I thought was pretty spot on. And it is definitely important to make that distinction because obviously the left, liberal, libertarian, um, a classical liberal. There's different, you know, kind of, right? There's different sections, you know, there's different volumes to the left versus the right. It's not, it's, I used to think it was just, uh, uh, just like a, you know, just a choo-choo, you know, two wings of the same bird. Mm-hmm. But there's also like the feathers within the wing. There's the individual feathers that fall off. There's a... There's a Y axis and an X axis. And then there's a Z axis, 3D, bro. Do you play 3D chess? Because I play 3, 3D. 3D chess? Everyone, a lot of, uh, I've been hearing um, 
like especially on Joe Rogan, it's really interesting on the JRE experience. It's really interesting hearing him describe what he likes about Trump. Like the more and more he talks about Trump, the more and more I think like he's a Trump supporter or will eventually vote for him in yeah. November because it's because they're basically describing him as like a stand up comic and like really good at like the Twitter, um, the Twitter game. You know, it's like these different strategies that you think that, you know, the claim is Trump isn't very sophisticated, but he seems to find ways to, you know, get free airtime or get people to, to kind of care about what he wants them to care about in a sense. It's really interesting. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully he's just being more and more honest about what he sees. Thank you. What he... Uh, uh, you got it, dude. But yeah, I just... I think Trump's... I mean, Trump. I think Rogan's being a lot more... Yeah, genuine about what he's seeing and his reaction to it. And he, it doesn't sound like... Yeah, it doesn't sound like he likes Biden or... I mean, I, we've talked about that, right? Like, who's out there that can get excited for Biden at this point? Just the uh, the DRC. Is it DRC? DNC. DNC can basically that's that's what it is. That's that's who they they picked. That's a re- there's a reason why every single candidate that was basically the top five that. You know, the four other candidates, it was, um, you know, Warren, Bernie, um, I forget all their names, but um, what's his name from New York? Bloomberg. They all wanted to go on. Um, they all ended up endorsing him. And then Obama's endorsement came out. It's like, boom, boom, boom. Obviously, right? It, it wouldn't be no different from the DNC to the RNC. That's kind of how politics works. But to me, what's disappointing is just how easily they're willing to like bend over backwards after all the like smack talk you know they're in the ring they're in the ring they're all it's like a royal rumble rumble royal rumble in in like wwf i forget which one it was you know they're all in there it's like last man standing you got the ladders and the cages and the chairs and they're all like all right and then you go behind in the locker room and everyone's like, Hey, like good, good one. Like that was fun. Good job. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they're all friends. I still think it's interesting. I know we talked about this with Eliseo on group chat about like wrestling and there's a reason why Trump is, um, successful and his time on TV, um, the apprentice, all that, all those different things, especially like the wrestling. I think the the wrestling analogy is really interesting. Because like everyone knows it's fake, but no one cares because it's entertaining. Right, and and Trump, Trump know at this point Trump knows the game better than anybody else. Everyone knows politics is fake, but no one cares because it's entertaining. It, it it's 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 weird because I, the whole point of journalism was to speak truth to power. You're you're supposed to cover the facts, right? But that that's turned into part, partisan journalism, journalism, 
it's turned into like the clickbait journalism. It's, it's turned into sensational journalism. It's, it's, uh, infotainment. Infotainment. I like that. Kind of like it's more about, it's half information, half entertainment. What was it? Um, Rogan had a guest on today. It was one of the clips. Um, those, you know, you, you can watch those sort of clips. Um, Oh, the, the guest said that he blames the town, the downturn or the, the, the integration of me, uh, mainstream media because of the daily shows. Cause a lot of, a lot of young people were getting their, their news from the daily shows, but the daily shows were like more comedic entertainment based. And so they changed their format to kind of meet that niche. Oh, need. Yeah. Let, let's skip over, uh, Oprah, The View, Ellen. Mm. Yeah, skip over true. all that. And, that's true. And just blame young people. Yeah, right? That's easy to do. <laughs> that's true. I never considered that. I thought it was a good, uh, good, point, a good point. But that's true. There's a lot of different um, other shows. So. Well, I mean, I mean, yes, as a younger generation, when we see those shows, like, last week tonight with John Oliver, right? You got to kind of take it with a grain of salt and realize, like you just said, they're comedians who are, who, who have this platform that they're informing us of certain topics, certain news, but they're doing, obviously, if you can see it, they're doing it from an angle. There, there's a agenda there that mm -hmm. sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes other people, for other people, it's not, but, uh, yeah, hard not. Would, that's hard not to overlook at this point. Would you ever consider it to work on a show like that? To have the Lee show? Ooh, I don't think I'm funny, smart, or informed enough. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, self denigrating there, sir. No, no. I mean, enough to have my own daily show. That's that's like. Or like a news, a news show, a news show, or something that informs the general public. We've removed the forty-minute time limit on your group meeting. Love it. What's what's going on? I don't know. Zoom is talking to me. This isn't the one I ordered. It's wrong. This is wrong. wrong. I didn't. I didn't order this meeting. We took, so, we take this meeting, we took it away from the 1%. <laughs> and, and, and then, and then we, we just, the, the cure is worse than the disease. What was I saying? What time is it? It's just so sad. <laughs> so, so it, is, we haven't got a, a clear answer there, Lee. Would you consider about, it? About doing a, doing a cho? A cho, you know. Uh, on, Lee. That's, that's a very interesting proposition, Mr. Gabe. I will write it for you, man. I'd have to like work up to that, though. I'd have to have like a like podcast. we already got you on camera right now. I'd have to have like a podcast first, or like you know, with like twenty three episodes. Uh, some kind of platform where I'm I'm saying these things and I'm you know chiming in on current events and how they relate to a certain group of people. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's in the cards. 
the car. It's somewhere in there. So this is all to say that we're going to come out with the lead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, what? This is a big announcement. I have to say, though, um, it's been been interesting to think about these these discussions because there's a lot of um conversations i feel like we have these conversations and then like we'll see an article or we'll go through scripture and it's like boom there you go hey look it's happening yeah and it really has felt that way did did you finish the uh donnell episode did you listen to it with joe donnell yeah uh, Ashley Larry. <laughs> Donnell Rawlings. Donnell Rawlings. Oh, he said that CNN is sounds like an old oh, nagging girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing. To be honest, I've been watching his clips. Oh, okay. Well they it's funny, they didn't even put it up yet, but they talked a little bit about the whole microchip. Mm-hmm. It, issue and how there are some companies already that launched it there's one that launched it like in 2014 in sweden right i don't know they didn't say where exactly but yeah that they're saying that some people are getting paid that way some people that's how you know that's part of their security protocol or that's how they gain entry into the buildings and whatnot and then i think it was the same company maybe not but there was another one that a story about how somebody hacked into the chip of one of the employees and they used that to, to almost like, what's it called? To, to link remotely into the company. Once the employee was in the building, these hackers were able to remotely with the, the person's chip microchip hack into the company's system, the network. Mm. Jeez, the wheeze. Yeah, him and Joe were like, oh, they're just like, why would you do that? Why would you create more problems? And I mean, that's really what it is, right? It's just, it's just an uh, extra entry point. And it's just funny that the way they put it, because it's like, oh, it's a virus, but not a human virus, but it's the a... human is being used to. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To facilitate a, the Trojan a horse. A natural, a, a natural act, an actual technological virus. Yeah. I, I was like, that's weird. <laughs> We're being, uh, how do you call it? When you get taken over by another thing? Uh, we, we're becoming like a parasitic host? Yeah, we're becoming like the host to virus. Isn't that weird? That's like really meta. It's a. It's like a different um, archetype to this whole thing, you know? To the pandemic, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, uh, it gets kind of freaky. Because I didn't yeah, think about it. Say, right? We're carriers. I didn't think about it that way. But then when it said that, it kind of got, it got my wheel spinning a little bit more about the, the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Oh, that little bug thing that goes in the stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh. oh. Like, that's... That freaked me out. And then the mouth closing. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. that's that's what's going on, and 
we're being told, right, that that's what's possible. That's what could happen. And some people are like, just put it into my veins. Mm. It's like a drug. You want freaky. that dopamine. It's just freaky. Yeah. Oh, man, The Matrix is such a good movie to think about it that way. The chip, right? And then the only way for him to unplug was to take the red pill, right? Which is what the whole point of the red pill is, to, to be awoken, to be reborn, to, to know your reality, the true reality. Have you seen that movie after the fact that the two brothers transitioned? Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay, so you know how the two brothers, the two directors transitioned, right? Like gender? Yeah. The two brothers that filmed The Matrix? The creators, filmmakers, uh, writers of The Matrix, right? Okay. Okay, so with that fact, with that knowledge, Try and watch that movie again and tell me if there's not like a million other things that stand out where you're like, wait a minute, this movie's about transitioning. <laughs> I like, I know we're touching on like the technology aspect. Yeah, yeah. Over government overreach, the technical age, they're it's still there, but I'm saying once you realize or you so they were th- that was already part of their reality as they were creating and filming this movie. They were, st- I think, that they, at that point, they were both still, uh, they were still involved in a traditional marriage with a woman with their wives. I think one of them is still married to their wife, but they both transitioned to be female. Wait a minute. Okay, so now, 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 this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. So then, did you ever see the movie after that fact, knowing that? Yeah, yeah, I saw it like a few months ago. I tried to watch it with with my wife. My wife. And yeah. She said she said this is boring. No, she actually was into it, but for me, it was just really hard. It was really distracting to watch it, to try to watch rewatch it. Knowing that, with the no knowing that both brothers transitioned, because then it gets into you realize you're like, oh yeah, a lot of the characters are androgynous. Well, yeah, I was thinking about what's her name. She has the short hair, Morpheus. Well, Morpheus is a Morpheus. Well, you see it in the costumes. You see it, yeah. You see it in the costumes and the like. You see the hairstyle and uh, huh. this is interesting. Yeah, and then like. When when they get Neo out of the the hatch or the the egg thing, the egg, okay, the egg, yeah, like it's kind of symbolic of like a rebirth or like being reborn or like coming alive to what you truly are, and yeah, it's it's just weird. Like you watch it, I can think watching watching it again after the fact, it's like yeah, it's really distracting, huh? Because I always thought it was just like a prototype of like the savior, like archetype of the savior. Because they didn't go away from that archetype. It was the still there's still some of that in there. Because obviously, I think that's what makes it a good movie. Is because it still abides by these archetypes. It, 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 I guess, obeys those archetype principles. You know. know, I'm just saying, look into it. (laughs) (laughs) No, Lee, I I choose not to. Because I love the movie. No, not it's still a good... Not, not that I can't still love it, obviously. It's still a good movie. It's still solid. I'm just saying, like, 
there's those undertones, if you yeah, will. Yeah, there's a lot of undertones for other stuff that wasn't like, there. What's one thing that stood out to you like that really was just super obvious? Um, I guess if you look at all of the the side characters, like there's just some scenes where they they're walking into a room or a setting and like a club setting, so to speak. Mm. And everybody's androgynous. Mm. Like everybody, all like, like even like the background characters that are talking, you know, drinking by themselves or. That club. Yeah. seemed very. Uh, yeah. You, you watch it. West again, Hollywood. You're just, like, you're just like, wait, what's going on? Even was it the second one where the, where they were underground? And it was like that big like club party scene happening or the third one, I think it was. I don't remember the, I don't, honestly, I don't remember the second and third parts all that much. The first two are good. I think the third one kind of like stumbled a little bit. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. I never knew that. Just try it. Just, just try like, yeah. Try watching it again and see if it's not distracting. Well, that's the thing though. It's still, okay. So it's interesting, right? It's still not. I guess I can't, I don't know how to describe it, but I guess you could say it's still not out of the realm of possibility, right? Because it's the same idea. The whole point of, of scripture is to say that we are reborn, but to be spiritually reborn, to have spiritual eyes and spiritual ears and a spiritual heart and spiritual senses. Uh, it's the spiritual bread that will feed, uh, that will, um, meet our hunger or that will satisfy our hunger needs. It's the spiritual water that will satisfy our spiritual thirst. And these all are the drives, uh, intimacy and love and um, hunger, sleep with, you know, rest, spiritual rest. So it's the same, it's the same idea. But again, I think it's, it's that um, what's that story where the two sisters uh, get pregnant by their dad in the cave. That's a lot. It's a lot, right? It's in that. It's that same because there's this, these two brothers. I forget their names. Their last name is like Pajo, Pago, P A G E A U. I think it is. Peterson has talking has talked to one of them, and then he had a conversation with both the brothers when he was going through the Exodus. I think it was, or the Genesis stories, and he had a, a conversation with them to understand that story like what what does this all mean like what mm-hmm. are the archetypes what are the um axioms that these stories are are abiding by and they mentioned that a family tree you know it spreads out you know you have the children the children are in marriage uh get married they have children and it kind of like trickles down that's what the whole point of the family tree is right but with that family tree it went and it reverted back up. It didn't mm. progress down. It was like an inverse, basically. Yeah. A regression is how mm. they described it. The same way we're talking about regressive left, right? So this is a really hard to think through. Help me out here, please. Because uh, I'm stumbling. I don't know if I'm I don't well, know if you're catching what I'm what I'm going at yet. Yeah, like there's certain I guess there's certain When you get into uh, principles, there's certain rules that are there for a reason because 
once we start messing with like we were talking about the twitter handles like once you start messing with your descriptions or your attributes or what the basic what's part of our, our basic natures right or nature yeah what's part of our bait whatever is part of our basic nature if that's being questioned then the whole foundation is being questioned mm-hmm. so yeah. it's a it's a loss like it's a loss of identity a loss of truth a loss of um I guess a good way to put it is, is you're losing. Remember we were talking about um, previously about acknowledging the image of God. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you're rejecting that to the point where you're no longer basing who you are on truth. You're, you're basing it on my truth on your, you know what I'm saying? Like how people have my truth or like, we can't even define what is is anymore because everybody has their own definition and if you don't agree then write to joe believe it or not straight to joe i mean it's the same right it's the same thing that we've touched on with with politics right where it's like well there's these rules in the constitution and if these aren't the rules we're playing by then we're playing a whole different game Mm -hmm. right and and for some the idea is like I'm gonna destroy the whole game for myself and for everyone else because I don't agree with it or I don't like it. So therefore it's rigged, corrupt, immoral, yeah. evil. Yeah, like I was saying today, uh in our group text about well, if we get once we get all of the power, once we get all of the authority to change everything, then we're gonna be just we'll have true justice, we'll have truth, we'll have these, everything that we're lacking right now. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll be able to figure it out. To bring paradise on earth. Right. We, can, almost, we can accomplish that. Like, 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 what you, like how you put it, like it's an inversion of what's supposed to flow naturally or what the truth is. And so when that happens, and a lot of these things are redefined, then... You're you're changing meaning. You're changing value. You're changing. You're changing the meaning of meaning. Yeah, as funny as that sounds. No, yeah, that's really what it is. Cause like, right? Cause like before, like even I guess even in terms of uh, the definition of success, if you look into what success means today versus what it meant ten years ago, twenty years ago. 50 and you go into 100 like the definitions are very different yeah so they there was that whole um phrase called the oppression olympics mm-hmm. it's how how low or how oppressed can i get to to get the respect that i've been looking for and it can only be yeah. found by being you know at the low end of this oppression suppression uh, oppression pyramid but it still it still goes back to what we've been talking about. It's just everything that we desire is described out in scripture, but is I guess you could say mistranslated or mistreated by everyone that's not connected to that truth and that reality and that wisdom and that love and mercy. And it's like, okay, there's a reason why. And then even in, in reading 
this wonderful 600 page book i don't get any uh, money from this but i just want people to see that this i'm already almost done but even in this you can see that he describes that those who had spiritual strength were able to withstand the horrors of the camps and there's a he and they describe this the differentiation of the camps versus the prisons because in some sense um, no man that's why i got the coffee bro in some sense he says that there's an ascension of the spirit of the soul the spirit rather because what it does is is it really allows someone to like dig deep to figure out you know who they are as a person but more than that what happens is it shows up in the camps if they were corrupt they're going to be corrupt in the camps if they had a spiritual strength they're going to have spiritual strength in the camps it's just when you're put in these situations that's when that really uh, what is it called it exemplifies or personifies or or um what do you call it the your character comes out with yeah. with the when put to the fire when you're put to the fire right exactly yeah the fire it's it's a make or break you know who who are you and what are you made of it's in those right it, it's the same idea of like when the going gets tough mm-hmm. the tough gets going whatever you know but it's who are you made of when things get rough who who's going to withstand the when the winds come and the and the waters come and 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 your house is built on on a sand or is it built on rock mm. i think that's a beautiful imagery right well it could be disastrous or it could be a very beautiful image right yeah exactly yeah it could be a beautiful disaster or a beautiful renewal which is which is really fascinating because of history's discussion it really made me go oh okay i can see that it's 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 that we're 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 walking closer to the flood or maybe the flood's here and whoever made whoever built the ark is going to be able to to um what is it called withstand the floods but if they didn't make if they didn't create if they didn't build the ark then they're going to be washed everything they know will be washed their life will be washed hmm. but within that there's that chaos right and then from the studies in peterson it's well that chaos is what the renewal is that's where rebirth happens it's in the chaos it's 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 the beginning it's genesis all over you do you think some of that explains why we're soft things have been too so good huh because we're not we're not prepared to deal with tough times because uh, with the gulag archipelago with volume 1 i know he mentions something to the effect of early on he he mentions how there's there's nothing more shocking to a person who can't even imagine violence being brought on to them mm. when they're 
being a victim of violence. But if it's somebody that has has experienced some form of violence or trauma or uh, shock, even you know, and I, I think uh, Brian and Joe talked about that recently, right? If if you spar, like once you once you get that first punch to your face, like that changes everything. Mm-hmm. You realize how vulnerable and how weak you are, and how ill prepared you are to withstand something like that it's not until you actually train and you build somewhat of a resistance or somewhat of a um, familiarity with with fighting with combat where you know early on your blood's your your blood's always boiling or your heart's always racing but once you've trained and once you've prepared in a sense you know, should that happen in real life? Like you actually have something to, like you're saying, you actually have something to stand on. It's, it's a, a, a voluntary, you have to, you have to decide to put yourself through the ring, the ringer. You have to challenge yourself. It's like, you basically need to not like self harm or self inflict pain. Not like in a, um, what is it called? Masochist way, uh, not in a masochist manner, but more on a, if it's like a mental, um, if it's done mentally, if it's done at work, if it's done with, um, you know, physically with workouts or whatever the case may be, it's, it's, it's setting yourself these challenges to overcome small enough to, to feel the reward of, of that victory. So then, you know, you, you build off one a little at a time. It's the, you know, faith in little, faith in much. It's the same kind of, I think that same idea, right? And we, we talked about this last time about faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a nice little tie in there with the fact that if, if, we're, if we're able to be faithful in little and be, and be able to, to withstand the challenges that faith brings in obeying in those small instances. It's, it's, it's what it's those little, like the dam, right? If, if you think about the dam, it's always, it's, it's a little piece at first, but then that little piece, the water pokes through and then boom, it falls apart. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> No, it does. It, it brought something else to mind that I saw recently. I'm just trying to remember where, where I saw it. Because you, when you said when we voluntarily invite pain, not in a, not necessarily like in a self-inflicting way, but in a, in a way that challenge, like we challenge it. When we challenge ourselves, we we're better able, we're better equipped to understand our limits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and sometimes your limits can actually grow, and they can actually expand on where you are, like where your progress is, where where you where you stand. Um, yeah, I like that. I'm trying to remember that quote. It makes me think of the what we need to do is to um, expand our walls of offense. I think it is. Yes. That's what it reminds me of. Because like you said, we we 
we're under we're, we're setting our boundaries essentially we're setting those limits of of where we stand like you said like where we stand our limitations are here so let me move forward in different areas so then my limitations begin to grow or yeah basically they would grow you don't want your limits to be so small that you can't move so you want to expand those limits so there's less and less limitations on you i know this is kind of a weird way, weird way of saying it but that's what i'm hearing you saying no it's no it's not because okay this is one of the quotes i ran into by cicero i am not ashamed to confess that i'm ignorant of what i do not know mm -hmm. so right like he understand or he understood his weaknesses and that there's blind spots there or there's gaps and it doesn't make you bad it's just you're aware that you might not <laughs> you might not know everything you might not um be in tune with some things that you're supposed to be in tune with who was it plato socrates or Aristotle? i forget which one that said that i know i know nothing i should know this i study philosophy but i don't i think that is socrates had to be right yeah What's, what's the order? Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, and who am I missing? I don't think that's a, the top three right there. It, well, did it, didn't some, who was the one that taught uh, Alexander? Alexander the Great? Yeah. Um, I think Bob. <laughs> okay, Bob. Hey, it's a Bob with Alexander. This is, this is what Confucius said. To have knowledge, one must know the extent of one's ignorance. Mm. Dropping that knowledge. I didn't even know that. That's how ignorant I am. No, yeah, I think it oh, was. Okay, 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 okay. You, 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 you ready? <laughs> yeah. You remember the whole discussion we had? I, I don't remember which time, but we had a discussion around knowledge versus understanding um, to grow in, in true knowledge, right? So it's interesting uh, bringing that into discussion because of the fact that we're so limited, but in order to have true knowledge. That knowledge doesn't always equal understanding mm -hmm. I think, with some of it. Yeah. So it's, so So wisdom is is knowing that we don't know everything, that we do have limitations, that we are ignorant, but we are able to grow in true knowledge by tapping into he who is good and all-knowing and all-sufficient all God. So it's, it's more of, we, we do have the access to that. If we wanna talk about access, right? <laughs> But it's 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 that it's that we are ignorant. It, it's it's okay. It's what what that saying is. There's a negation, right? It is to say that we are understanding that we are limited and we are ignorant. Meaning that there is the opposite of that negation, which is to say that there is a being that does know everything. Does that make sense? 
I know it's very logical, philo- philosophical. No, logic, that, but... that'll, no, yeah, that, that'll, so if we acknowledge that we don't know everything, that brings in the possibility that there might be something or someone else that does have that understanding or does have that knowledge. There, right? Ergo God, or ergo uh, created, creative being, all-powerful being. Right. Or you can bite into the you can bite into the fruit and deceive yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy because um, that's the whole point of pride, right? Pride is to say that all I know is all I need to know is good enough. I don't need to adapt. I don't need to change. I don't need to grow. Yeah. It's a big one. Hmm. Cause that's, that's the, that's, that's the forbidden fruit. The forbidden fruit is like a, like a, you're foregoing that step. Right. Like you're, 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 you're skipping a step. You want the shortcut to knowing everything basically instead of doing the work that it takes to grow into knowledge, true knowledge. You, yeah. Cause that with that idea, you can play a little bit with the, with the idea of Adam and Eve didn't have any needs. Mm-hmm. They didn't need, let's say the, the serpent was being honest about you won't die and you'll be like God knowing good and evil. Let's say that there was truth in that. But that that still doesn't that still doesn't negate the fact that they didn't need to know that they didn't need any of that they had everything they needed so that's I guess where pride and arrogance comes into play too right where it's like don't tell me what I need or what I want or what I what I can and can't do. Mm-hmm. That's the disobedience element to the whole thing. When presented the option, uh, right? Yeah. Because it's like, cause remember we, when we were studying on Wednesdays, where it was like they, they had the most, but they also had the most to lose. And that was because there was only one thing that was forbidden. So it's like they reached the point of, I guess they reached the point of greed excuse me, point of, yeah. Covetousness. Because they wanted everything. And even what they didn't have. Well, right, they want everything. And it was that one thing they couldn't have. Yeah. Because the, interesting. the, the, the fruits of their labor would have would have been plentiful, would have been continuous. They would have tilled the soil, it would have produced good fruits because they were in the presence of God, right? So to be in the presence of God is to to continually um, be recipients of God's um, 
goodness, which is that fruit, which is what that imagery is of the fruit. You would know them by their fruit. Well, so we, we know God right. by his fruit, which is always plentiful. Yeah. Because, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, because... Hold on, I'm trying to gather my thoughts here with what you said. I see them right there. You just got to grab them. It left. No, sorry. It left already. (laughs) No, it... I'm just trying to... I'm trying to let that brew a little bit as far as having everything we need and it not being enough, but we're still clamoring for more. That's obviously part of the deception process, but there's more there, sorry. So now we've expanded on it. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole idea of the manna. But there was something else. Well, Maybe to to move it a little forward in time, we could say that you know there's the first Adam with Adam and Eve in paradise and and their exile from paradise, and then Jesus being the last Adam. So in that way, you can say older brother, younger brother. So as there is that dynamic of the older older brother, younger brother um, curse, if you will, that's you know played out with Cain and Abel. Um, uh, what is it? Is Saul and and Jacob and um, I, I forget all of them. But there's all these brothers, and it's it's the prodigal son, right? It's the prodigal son that always goes back to the father, but for whatever reason, the older brother does not. And I remember it. Descri- I, I remember it being described as the older brother being um, your old self. And then the younger brother being your new, your new self, your, your reborn, basically. And then the father being, I forget how it was described. I think the father being your old self, younger brother is the new self and the older brother, I forget. There's, there's this whole thing that I've heard someone describe it as. It's like new self, old self, and pride or something like that. The judgmental side of you. That's saying that, like, well, how how can you be deserving of the the ring of, of being able to come back into the father's home, father's house, and to be the son of of the father versus the child of the father? Mm-hmm. Which is there's, a, there's an interesting distinction there because Adam was born grown as a man, whereas Jesus was born as a as a baby, a newborn. And had to earn his stripes in a sense to become the son of man, the only begotten son. Mm-hmm. Where I think maybe Adam was just a child, never became the son. Yeah, that's definitely one way to look at it. Because he, and I've done that myself as far as like looking at the relationships that these different people had with God. Um, not that that 
disqualifies them or, or puts them at a bigger or lower pedestal. But I, I do, it's hard not to write, it's hard not to look at um, what Abraham did versus Isaac versus Joseph and then versus Joseph or Jacob versus, you know, Jacob and his sons um, or even like King Saul and King David. Mm-hmm. And how like the contrast between those two characters and the yeah the relationship part the intimacy part really that's like the main factor in all this like you're saying between being a child and a son of God as far as distinct you know having a distinction mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. I don't know though. Well, because that's why. Okay, going back to Adam and Eve, because that was kind of my ch- new train of thought. Was like maybe they just didn't value their relationship with God enough. Hmm. Maybe that that love relationship there was a one way street. I mean, because we, I'm speculating because we don't know how long they were there for. We don't know exactly what their relationship looked like. Um, we don't, right? We don't know fully. We can't under, like Elisa was saying, we can't fully grasp or understand fully their nature, so to speak, in the garden. Yeah. Like pre fall, like what was their strength? What was their weaknesses? What was, what could they see? What could they comprehend that we can't, that we can't right now? Um, I just think, yeah, like, I think maybe their, their walk with God was lacking a bit in some areas that made them weak, made them vulnerable to the seduction of right. The temptation of having that knowledge of good and evil. Well, it definitely makes me think that they were naive. Right. So, like we were talking about earlier, that maybe they didn't have an understanding of of their limitations, of their ignorance. So then that the serpent introduced them to those limitations and said, hey, come explore. See what this is all about. Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Limitations weren't good enough. Yeah, the limitations were good enough. It wasn't sufficient. Neither was the lo- neither was the love of God efficient, sufficient. I mean, yeah, it had to be right. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't have played out that way. Right. Since we know the completion of that was, right, it was the, so the whole, the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus was to rectify the death of, of um, Abel, right? No, Cain. Was it Cain killed Abel, Abel right? Mm-hmm. That was the, the completion of the law. Yeah. So the law is 
the law is flesh. Well, it's a, yeah, it's addressing the the issues of the flesh. So then, that's interesting if you think about it in terms of it wasn't necessary to rectify the relationship. So it it was to it. It was to rectify the, the relationship that we have with God, but that was only after their, that was only after the exile, the fall. That it was, the scriptures are, are specifically addressing Cain and Abel, right? But then there's that discussion around us receiving our heavenly bodies that the that the spirit, the Holy Spirit is our down payment to the heavenly body. Mm-hmm. So then, so then it makes you think like Adam and Eve only had the heaven, their heavenly, heavenly bodies, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit. I think maybe that is because of their walk with God that they didn't need that type of access to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So maybe it wasn't necessarily like in them because their spirits were already alive. And with the fact that they were able to look at God and see God and walk with him and talk with him. So it wasn't, it wasn't God in them. It was God standing beside them. Like literally figuratively, however you want to put it. Like he was, he was part of that picture. So it was, it was very different, right? That the relationship they had was very different than the relationship that we'll have in a sense. Uh, I think for the most part, it'll be similar somewhat. It might look a little different because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, we really don't know like what form we're going to take exactly what form, you know, God being spirit, what form he's going to have, what form Jesus would have. Uh, how we would be able to perceive the Holy Spirit. Like that, that's still, those are still major unknowns. Right. Yeah. There's no, there's no real description of what that looks like. Yeah. Cause it's, it's kind of like we're a two, we're 2D figures trying to look at a 3D picture. Yeah. It's like, well, what, what, what do you mean 360 degree angles? Like, what is that? That's a huge blind spot that we have, that's for sure. Yeah. That's where we, we hit up against our limits as our, humanity, our, really. Our umen. Our umen. Our our umen. It's a human right to know our limitations. <sighs> oh. There was a lot here, sir. There was, as always. And we really didn't get all that much to the left. It's all good, though. We got plenty more to go. We got all, a lot of time on this quarantine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, yeah. This one too, though. I'm gonna have to like go back and look into it and see what. We... Look into it. Yeah. Eddie Bravo style. Eddie Bravo style. <laughs> he should have a T-shirt. Look into it. I do. I want one with like his face, like yeah, right there, like him pointing, like look into it. <laughs> hey, we should make some. If we ever run into him, hey Eddie, can you sign this? Can you sign our shirt? Where'd you guys get that shirt from? Just look into it, bro. Look into it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lee. Well, 
I'll go ahead and close this one out and we'll get this one Wait. uploaded per usual. Where where are we at? Uh in terms of time, uh, it doesn't tell me to be honest. Oh. Uh, so that's the only downside of this. I know we started late. But they're pretty jam-packed. <laughs> that's the only thing. We need a little we need a little bit more time to, to delineate these thoughts out, but that's all right. Is is that the, is that all this is like just us having thoughts and it seems like it, huh? Trying to like work this out, them out, make sense of it, and that's yeah, a lot. It's it's definitely more. That's for sure. I think this this scenario of, has changed a lot of things because of the quarantine, huh? Yeah, the quarantine, darn quarantine. It's the chaos that we're in. You, it is a chaos. You're, I was going to say, I'm like, I just feel like it's a different time, like a different um, era or like a different, totally different climate. Because even like this week with Grace has been like, you've been out of it. And I'm like, I know I'm tired. I'm a little bit more tired this week. I'm like, but it's true. Like those memes that you see where it's like the days get blended in together. Or you're just like, oh yeah, like it's Wednesday, and it's like, nope, it's Saturday. <laughs> it's like every day is Saturday. It feels like it some days, right? Yeah, it's weird. It's a little strange. I think it makes sense why routine is so important and why rest is so important. Oh, dude, heck yeah! Like I'm, it's maybe because I'm getting older. I don't know, but I'm realizing like, oh yeah, I really am a creature of habit. You like to do your, you got your morning routine, you go to your job, you know, you got your drive, you got your job, you come back home, you do whatever it is, you eat, shower. Well, because it, it, it gives a better sense of direction because like, I don't know if you've ever done this before it's ever happened to you, but like you get home and then maybe Monica says something or she'll ask you to do something. And then I don't like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'd say like like something happens, right? You get distracted. And so where you would have normally put your wallet or your keys or your phone Ooh. because of that like glitch, you put it somewhere else, right? And then like a few hours pass and you're just like, Where did I leave my keys? Yeah. Where did I leave my whatever? And you're just like, oh. Like, I know it's usually right here. I leave it right here, but it's not. <laughs> and then you ask, and then you ask the wife, and the wife is like, "Why are you asking me? I don't. That's not mine. Like you're the one that put it down. You're just like, oh, like why is it in this specific place? Yeah, where I always put it. Yeah, it makes sense. Like this is where it makes sense to be. If it's, it's not, not here, here, what is <laughs> happening? exactly it's so strange that's how it's i see funny. it now yeah yeah now i'm like wait a minute what the heck happened <laughs> it's like everyone's belongings were misplaced and now we're in yeah a, we're all like trying to figure out okay where does where does everything belong now and and okay we're in a warehouse right a big warehouse there's pallets full of boxes everywhere there's shelving and like some stuff is scattered and there's like one light like in the middle and you kind of have to figure it out and you don't have like a light, a flashlight or your cell phone to like, you know, mm -hmm. see where you're at. It's like, Oh, now you have to, or come some way or somehow orient, orient. I can't even say the word 
orient yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, okay, it's going to take a while because... <laughs> I got no direction. It, it, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get this from Ikea. <laughs> right. We're not in Ikea. We're in some different warehouse with no directions. Or are we in Ikea, but it's Ikea after like a storm has like ravished, ravished through the whole first and second story. Hmm. Dark times, man. We're talking about dark times here. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that in Sweden that I got to go into the third largest Ikea store in the world? What was that like? I literally, literally bought a towel. That's it? That's what that was like. <laughs> was it just too much? We, we went through the whole thing and I came out with a towel. <laughs> was, it, was it overwhelming? It was a little overwhelming. I had no idea how to like buy the things. I was like, I want that. And they're like, you can't just buy that. You have to like go get it somewhere else. I was like, it's right there. Like, can I just buy it? <laughs> I have money in my hands. Where's the person that takes my money? <laughs> That is, that is kind of frustrating, right? Where you're like, okay, there's this one thing I want. I know where it's at, but it have to, it's going to take me literally like seven minutes to get there, and then another ten minutes to go all the way down and then get in line mm-hmm. for that one thing instead of like, you know, like, oh, here it is, and then oh, you can buy it right there at that register. Yeah, like there should be a register in every section. Or, um, yeah, like just have it mobile, like, like kind of like how, uh, the Apple store does it, no, where you can just walk up to the employee mm-hmm. and then, yeah. And they're like, boop, 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 boop. they just go pick it up, scan it. And yeah. Apple and Ikea. Samaria. I don't, know. I don't know. What do we know? We don't even own anything, huh? No, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We don't even anything. know where our keys are at. Where are my keys, man? Like right now, I feel weird. Like I have these these uh, these headphones, but I'm used to the, like my Sony's, my big, the big ones, and so I'm always having to like adjust it, you know, through this episode. And it's I was I was gonna buy over the ear headphones the other day, um, but I didn't end up getting them. Maybe uh, next month. I really want to get some though. Like studio, they just quality. fit. They just fit better, and like. Yeah. They, they really do block out like the outside noise, the you know, window and these noise. Hurt. Yeah, they're not comfortable. Like right now, they're kind of a little irritated because I pretty much wear these all day. Uh, so kind of gets, uh, it gets a little annoying after a while. They're not fun. They're not fun. If anyone who, uh, any uh, company that has over the ear headphones wants to sponsor us, that'd be great. We'll look into it. We'll look into it though. Yeah, just look into it. It's okay. And we'll we'll make sure to mention you know the yeah, start we'll, of we'll, each. We'll drop it. We'll name drop, drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Eighty degrees. All right, sir. All right. Well, as always, it's always a good time. And uh, we'll go ahead and close this one out. We'll get this one up, and we're just gonna get the crowd pumping. I don't know. I'm That's right. Anywho, I'll go ahead and uh, close this. <laughs> Before it gets a little weird. (laughs) All right, folks. We'll see you here next week. Good night. Bye.